0: Oh, so we're talking about like, um,
1: shit and stuff. Hello, and welcome to Middleish, the podcast about moderation and all things. I am Michael Gray. I am Erin Green. And this is a mini pod. This
0: is a mini pod. Just mini a pod, little one. Mini pod. Little bitty mini pod. You know, we have to be careful, though, because we get going and our <laughs> mini pods start turning into full length episodes. So
1: Most of our mini pods are like 40 we will, <laughs> We'll keep it
0: rained in. We'll keep it rained in today, everyone. Yeah, we'll, do our, so you can, we'll
1: do our asbestos. Yeah.
0: Yeah. but But we appreciate you being here and i have appreciated all the engagement on this topic because mm. we are talking about fear-mongering for you know on social media for parents and people taking like centered around kids mm. what are you doing to your kid how are you poisoning your child and right I mean, as if parents don't have enough to worry about with raising another human or humans mm-hmm. plural and handling their own lives, you have to go and make them feel like shit for right. giving their kid goldfish right. for a snack. So, that's yeah. what we're talking about today and we've gotten a lot of interest on this topic.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, it's funny because I I I mean, I am a parent and I coach a lot of parents and the amount of like stress that can exist around just like giving your kids some food is yeah bananas like it's yeah. I mean some of the conversations I have with some of my clients who are parents it's just like man like it doesn't have to be this hard like you don't gotta you don't need to look at the nutrition label at all just give them something that's gonna be fine like
0: it's gonna be fine let's <laughs> love that
1: they're gonna be fine they're going to be okay. And
0: I also want to clarify that, you know, in no way are we advocating to just ignore any, you know, nutrition knowledge or efforts for your child to enjoy, you know, nourishing foods. That's not the point of this. The point is to address those influencers and the messaging that parents often get that is like, I mean, it, it really does present the idea that if you feed your child, this, Mm -hmm. you are a bad parent, you don't care about their health. You're poisoning them them. and (laughs) that, that needs to be brought down a few notches.
1: Yeah. It's, and it's one of those things. It's like, it's, it's so harmful and terrible, but it's also so ridiculous and silly. Like it's such a strange combination of like serious and outlandish. (laughs) Yeah it's very much both. And so I think, you know, it's, it's easy for like, you know, Aaron, and I, I think you sit in these spaces a lot to just be like, Oh, my gosh, this is silly. But I have to remind myself a lot, while it is silly, it's also something that is portrayed from an expert point of view, very frequently. And so I, um, you know, and I think I can speak for Aaron here, too, like, we don't hold any judgment around this at all, we, we get it. But at the same time, it's like, man, we really need to um, what well, I want to say, this? like, we really need to uh, do the work that we need to do to shed a lot of these things, because we are, if we don't, we're actively handing down the same things that were handed down to us, right? Even if they're different, they're the same. And there are these beliefs that <clears throat> that diet culture perpetuates, right? Like fear of foods, fear of certain ingredients, um, like obsession with calories and nutrition and number of meals and all these things that we then are just kind of handing down to our kids in maybe different ways, but it's the same stuff. And and if we don't really address the stuff and kind of shed light on some of these um, really harmful like accounts and beliefs and uh, messages, uh, then we're just kind of, we're setting our kids up to have just the same struggles that we've had if not more so.
0: Yeah. And I think a big part of that is recognizing how one's upbringing and that influence has Mm -hmm. molded your approach to eating. And, you know, a lot of parents will like adults will come to me and be like, they're aware of all the messaging, but they don't really stop to examine where that emerged in their life, like Mm -hmm. when that began and it begins in childhood. And once you do that work of kind of digging back into your own childhood as an adult, the things that were, were really great, you know, maybe you had really great influences with food and nutrition and you don't have, you know, a lot of those issues. You can really identify that and, and, strengthen that and model that for your kids but then also being aware of like where did some of this like messed up kind of yeah you know talk come from yeah i also want to acknowledge those um a lot of them are health practitioners like pediatricians or people who work with kids teachers you know um who see man our kids are eating too much processed food. They don't have access to fruits and vegetables. They don't eat these foods. They're not getting them at home. Um, I want to say that I see you and I hear you, mm-hmm. and I totally respect the the urgency with which you are trying to instill, you know, health education, nutrition education into families and children. I really think that's a different um, approach than what Michael and I have been railing against. <laughs> Um, but I also want to just caution that because a lot of times I picture it like the pendulum swinging, right? So mm-hmm. the pendulum is way too far over into one realm where this kid doesn't have much variety. They're not getting, you know, ample nutrients from different food groups. Um, maybe they're super picky eater. Maybe the the parents are time crunched. And so they do rely on like heavily processed foods most of the time instead of just some of the time. Mm-hmm. And there, I see these practitioners and, you know, educators and you know people taking care of kids be like oh my gosh we have to fight against this we have to get kids eating healthier we have to increase access to fruits and vegetables and fresh foods and educate parents more i i get that mm-hmm. but then the pendulum could swing completely to the other side and all of a sudden you're teaching kids that this food is good this food is bad I've right. had too much of this. I can't have that now. I earned this because I did something good or I exercised a lot today. We quote burned it all. You can have ice cream. Right. All of a sudden, the pendulum swings over to a different realm that is yeah. also not healthy. So right. we have to acknowledge that, like, this is why we have a middle-ish podcast because the extremes <laughs> why are why not <laughs> the extremes are not healthy. So I just yeah. wanted to put that yeah. out there, too. That you know, I do understand where some of this messaging comes from, from a very like helpful and um, nurturing place, but we have to be really careful about yeah. that.
1: Yeah. And you know, as as a as a parent, I I understand this like desire, like we want what's best for our kids and all the ways, right? And just health, you know, physically, mentally, emotionally, we want them to have good relationships at school and do well and you know, all this stuff. We want what's best for our kids for sure. And I think a lot of times it's easy you know, for parents to get kind of caught up in like, well, what's best in a very narrow scope, right? Mm-hmm. Like what's best, like sure, is do fruits and vegetables hold a higher nutrient value than ice cream? Sure. Like that's going to, that's going to have more benefits for your body as far as what it takes from those foods. But if we're only looking at like, what's the quote, unquote, best in those ways, then we don't build out a, like a child in a belief system who can navigate the world that we live in. Right. Like mm-hmm. within reality and reality is there are going to be uh, popsicles and ice cream and cookies and cake and pizza and juice. And so, like, there's going to be all these things. Mm-hmm. And why not like look, instead of a very narrow scope of what's best, right? Like what has the lowest calorie option and what has the most nutrient, you know, the highest nutrient option whatever what about like how they just view few food on the whole like their relationship with all of the options of food right and how do I how do I have things that I enjoy as a part of a well-rounded diet how do I make sure I eat fruits and vegetables as part of a well-rounded diet, right? It's not just one or the other. It's good interactions, good relationships with both a trust in their body to tell them when they're full. I mean, all these things, as opposed to just fruits, vegetables, nothing processed. How about like, how do I just, what is my entire relationship with food and eating in my body? And what is that like? And let's build that out in the best way, because yeah. I think if you're going to do that, you have to have all the fun stuff too, as a part of just the way things are and learn to self-regulate that stuff rather than, okay, let me tick boxes and count calories. So I know what I can and can't eat.
0: Yep. And exactly what you're explaining is acknowledging that we eat for other reasons than Mm -hmm. just the nutrients. Mm -hmm. We eat foods for lots of different reasons. And it's really important for children to be brought up in a world exactly like you said, that they can navigate all of those other you know joys and pleasures and and you know social constructs around food. So mm-hmm. um I would like to talk about some of the phrases that parents can use to help with this and let's some of the approaches parents can take.
1: Yeah, let's
0: do that. Um because we we talked a lot about what not to do last time. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um But one of my favorites, something you just mentioned was like the relationship with body and getting kids to tune into their bodies. Mm -hmm. I think that's so powerful and important. And one of my favorite things to encourage parents to do is just simply talk with their kids about yeah. what are the signs that you're hungry what are the signs that you're full and what are some in between signs it doesn't always have to live on a teeter totter you're either hungry or full mm-hmm. there's some in between in there so what's your tummy telling you or yeah. um is your body telling you you've had enough you know are you are you done are you could you eat a little more if you wanted to do you want any more like just kind of Mm-hmm. asking them some of that or describe what you are feeling in your own body in front yeah. of your kids yeah. like man my tummy's starting to feel full I think I'm gonna slow down here or maybe you know I'm I'm done eating I'm gonna save the rest of this for you mm-hmm. know lunch tomorrow or whatever it is but that just really creates the safe space for your child to yeah. acknowledge what's happening within their own bodies
1: yeah and I and I think such a an important way to approach that is just like, let it be what it is, right? Mm-hmm. Like I think sometimes like we want to like help our kids, you know, um, listen to their bodies or understand their fullness cues, but it's like we put a lot of pressure on doing that right at first. And it's like this is a this is an exploration, right? Like this, I think you have to approach this stuff as like, let's try some things and see what we find. and then yeah. we can we can talk about that and we can build on this isn't like a, hey, let's fix this. This is a something you are continually doing, I think. Um, you know, it's not like you you just, you say these a few times and then, okay, my kid has a good relationship with food. I think it's something that you have to sort of perpetually be doing. And I really like, you know, um, just like that simple question of what is your, what's your tummy telling you, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we talked about this, I don't remember if it was on the episode or just as we were talking um, off air, but you know, Sophie, um, recently had been like kind of getting a lot of sugary stuff throughout the day, and having yeah. these tummy aches for a couple of days in a row. You know, and so we talked about that as she was like one day just like going to get some fruit snack or something. And I said, "Hey, just today, just remember that the last few days when you've had a lot more sugary stuff, your tummy is hurt, right? Like your tummy is kind of telling you eh, maybe this is too much." So just be aware of that, right? Like today and just remember not only what is your tummy telling you now, but what has your tummy told you in the past, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's been a big one for me. I love food and I can easily overeat. Like,
0: that's why we're friends Michael. easily, right? Like I love it,
1: <laughs> but I have to remind myself like, man, like when I go back for thirds, you know, like yep. 45 minutes later, I'm like, oh,
0: Yeah. that pleasure is short-lived like okay that didn't work very well
1: (laughs) yeah so just like letting letting happen letting what happens happen right like Mm -hmm. it was okay that she had a tummy ache and a super whole bunch of sugar for a few days like that hasn't damaged or ruined anything she's fine and she's going to be fine but we got to use that as an opportunity of like oh so let's kind of let's Mm -hmm. pay attention to what's happened after we've done those things and let's apply that to the future. And I think honestly, just that, like, I think so often, like, especially like how we were raised our generation, like there was no paying attention to with whether you're full or not. It's that's what's on your plate and you eat what's on your plate because I have decided how hungry you are in this moment, right. As a parent. Right. And so this is what, yeah. It's like, Um, but I think just that just even beginning to get kids to just, recognize oh my my body's communicating right it tells me when i'm hungry it tells me when i'm full it tells me when i've had maybe too much of something and i can listen to it and i can trust it yeah there's no pressure like no to eat more or to ignore it or to override it yeah like yeah listen to your body and okay if you do it wrong okay right like like yep we learn. Like,
0: That's yeah, how we learn. Yeah. Using Sophie yeah.
1: again as an example, there are times where she's like, I'm full when really she just wants to go play. You yeah. know, she's not really full. So it's like, okay, let's talk about this. Like, yeah. it's going to be bedtime soon. Are, do you have enough food in your belly to get you to bedtime? Or are you going to be right. hungry again in 15 minutes? Right. Like, let's think through this, you know? Yeah. Um, but just like bringing that awareness is huge and key.
0: I think it's important to, to, to recognize that the parents are the menu planners. So I've talked about Ellen Satter before, and I will link her division of responsibility in the show notes, because I think it's really helpful for parents to just put some framework to navigating this parents. You are the menu planners. You get to decide what, when, and where the mm-hmm. children get to decide if they eat it or how much. So when I talk about food inclusion, so one one of the questions I get from parents is, well, how do I get my kids to eat more of this stuff or to, you know, eat healthier? Well, you present that in the environment, like yeah. you, Exposure. you plan the menu <laughs> that way. And one of the things I recommended a, a parent talk with their, you know, their kid about their very small child, like three-year-old is like all the foods are invited to a party. Okay. And they all have to have room on the dance floor to party. So you can't just fill the dance floor with a certain kind of food because then there's no room for the other foods to come Mm. in and join the party. And so just kind of explaining it in very simple terms. And I'm not, I didn't use any kind of a hierarchy there. There's no food that's better or deserves more time on the dance floor than others. You're just allowing space for all foods. Mm -hmm. And that can be a really neutral message for kids if, if they are like, you know, really steering toward the sugar. Um, awesome to talk about body cues. How did that feel also awesome to say, well, you know, we need to make room for some other foods as well, just to make sure that you're getting everything you need. And so Mm. these foods, you know, we have, we haven't had as many of these today, or we can have more, whatever Mm. cotton candy tomorrow or whatever it is. So I think, I think just really creating food neutrality and talking about we need to include all foods Mm -hmm. is a really good message that kids can grasp. They can get that.
1: Yeah. Well, and I think just too, like letting them like have exposure to food. You know, like so I hated broccoli as a kid, hated it. And we had broccoli. It seemed like every meal. I'm sure it wasn't, but it sure seemed like that as a kid. (laughs) Like every (laughs) single meal every day. All you see is broccoli. But, you know, and I just, I I mean, I hated it. I hated the taste. I hated the texture. I hated everything about it. And I had a really hard time getting it down. And my family would tease me and my mom would say like, we could sell tickets to watch you eat broccoli because you put on such a show, you know? <laughs> and and so with this approach, like this this worry of like, my kid needs to get this food now, right? Like they need to eat broccoli. They need to get these vegetables now. They need to eat them. And the pressure around that, Like I understand wanting your kid to eat vegetables because they're good for them. Sure. But that had a real like negative effect for me because now at 42, I I love broccoli, but I didn't try it again until I was 37, you know, because I was just like, I hate it. I hate it. I hated the experience of what it tasted like the texture. I hated sitting at the dinner table and having my family laugh at me as I'm choking down food. I can't stand because I can't leave the table until it's gone. Or I could, you know what I mean? Like,
0: yeah, that's a traumatic memory to be attached to food.
1: Yeah. And so, and so what happens is with all this pressure around a certain food it backfired, right? Like I very well may have liked broccoli at 20. I don't know, but (laughs) you know, but because of the, the way it was presented and the pressure around it, It really backfired. And I think, again, we have to look at, like, are we building a long-term, big-picture good relationship with food? And that allows you to try stuff and not like it, and then come back to it again and try later. Because if if you have to try a new food and eat all of it that's on your plate versus if you can try a new food and if you don't like it, that's fine. We'll try it again later. Which situation is a kid going to come back to and try again, right, without the pressure of, I have to eat all of this? And so, yeah, I just think it's really important. We look at that, that big picture. And
0: I liked your, you know, in our podcast prep, you talked about like allowing children to interact with food. Mm -hmm. So, you know, adults would never be expected. Like you travel to a foreign country and you're Mm -hmm. handed a food that looks and smells completely unfamiliar. Maybe it has ingredients you can't, can't pronounce. Um, Maybe it's things that you just have never seen before. And, (laughs) you know, it would be pretty, effing scary for a lot of people to be put in that situation and expected to eat a full bowl of this mystery food put yourself in your kids food mm-hmm. or in your kids shoes to to your to you it might just be you know pesto mm-hmm. on pasta it's no big deal but to your kid it could be a completely new, different mm-hmm. set of flavors and experience. So just allowing your child to explore that food through taste, touch, smelling. Um, I know with a lot of feeding therapy, if it's really, you know, more of a clinical situation on getting kids to, cause I, I know several kids that have gone through food allergies, swallowing problems, um, mm-hmm. you know, difficulty with health concerns related to nutrition at a very young age. It, really creates this aversion to trying new food. Like it, it truly is like a clinical situation and kisses to the food, like touching the food to your lip and just like putting it back down. And again, creating that safe space where they can, they are not expected to eat the whole, you know, plate or whatever. And then also offering that maybe you're not ready for that flavor yet, or maybe you would like it prepared in a different way. We'll try it again later. So Mm -hmm. opening, leaving that open instead of saying, Oh, you don't like carrots or you don't like peaches. Like just saying that to the child really reinforces, Oh, I don't like that food instead of maybe you'd like it a different way, or maybe we'll try it again later. Maybe your taste buds aren't ready for that yet. Yeah. So,
1: yeah. You know, and that's one that my, my girls are really grabbed a hold of that's been um really helpful for uh the curiosity and exploration element <clears throat> is like taste change you know yeah. and you don't have to like this now but um you know they'll sometimes be presented with foods and like oh, let me let me see if i like it now you know let's try it out and see and there's there's no pressure there yep. you know there's no forcing there's no demanding there's setting your kid up for this. Um, you you can explore foods and that can be a fun thing. It doesn't, food doesn't have to be pressure and stress and obligation, you know, um, but I, I really like that one that maybe you're not, you're not ready for that flavor. You know, maybe you don't like it now, but try it again later. You know, maybe yeah. your tastes have changed. You know, and that one works really well with Sophie. You know, at age six, she's like, "Oh yeah, maybe they have changed. Let's see. It's almost kind of like fun. Like, oh, I wonder if they did. Do I like it? (laughs) Nope, I don't like it. Okay, let's try it again. (laughs) Nope, but I tried. Let's let's try
0: it again. I still, I still do that. I still try foods occasionally, and I'm like, yeah, no, still, still not liking it. Mm -hmm. And I've given it a fair shot in my adult years. Still not my flavor. So, yeah. So I hope that this discussion has been helpful Mm -hmm. for everyone and that we've given you some ideas of things you can say and approaches you can make without being, you know, instilling fear in your child and, Mm -hmm. and showing yourself a little bit of grace too, as Mm -hmm. a parent.
1: Yeah. And shedding the fear that you have for your child and Mm -hmm. their nutrition and health. Like if you're doing your best, you're going to be fine. Like it's. There are so many things you can feed your kid and they're gonna be just fine. And you do not need to operate out of places of fear around this. Like your kid's gonna be good. Yep. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yep. All right. So um thank you so much for listening. Do we do we do a meaning in the mundane on these ones on I feel a mini like pod? have. Okay. Something? I have one real quick I have to one share. Too. Yeah. Sure. Okay, let's go. I went for a walk the other. Week evening because it was not a thousand degrees and Matt was off doing something else. So I just went by myself and it was like, I don't know, 830. And I got down kind of to this like dead end area with all these houses in our neighborhood. And there's like really big properties back there. So like woods, lawns, like, and I look over and I see this buck grazing a young Hmm. buck it was like i think it was probably a three-point and it had like the velvet on the antlers so it's over there grazing and i'm like very cool so i look at the buck and enjoy that and then i walk around like i'm gonna turn around and go back and i look in an adjacent property and there's a little baby doe over there or fawns excuse me um with a little spot still on it by itself (laughs) just like sits down in the grass and just looking at me with his big old ears. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, a baby, you know? So I sit there and watch that for a while. Yeah. And then I like come back out through the neighborhood and I'm walking down the road and I just happened to look over through these trees. And there was a mama, definitely a doe with a little, a very young fawn down between her legs, like standing there under wow. her, just like watching me. And Oh my gosh, I about melted. I mean, just, it had to be like a really late season birth because it's it looked like it was only a couple weeks old it was tiny little baby and i was just like oh my gosh this is and if i hadn't have just gotten bored and gone for a walk yeah. and taken that route i wouldn't have seen like all of this really cool you know wildlife so that's fun it's very fun and then we Actually, tried yeah. i tried to take matt to go find it the other night and it,
1: we couldn't find him
0: <laughs> i'm like i promise they're here <laughs> i have not video. just making things
1: up yeah <laughs> that's awesome uh, for me, this was just a couple nights ago. Maybe last night, actually. <laughs> um, I was putting Sophie to bed, and was laying in bed, and we read some stories and sang some songs, and I was getting ready to leave. And she goes, "No, snuggle me a little bit." And I was like, okay, oh So five minutes, and you know, I was like, "Okay, I'm gonna go." She's like, "No, not yet." <laughs> you know, a few minutes later, I'm like, "Okay, no, not yet." I'm like, oh gosh. Okay. Uh, you know, this is fine. I yeah. Do I have something more important <laughs> ask to do? me, yeah, exactly. No, no, this is about the most important thing. <laughs> Twist my arm. Yeah. And so I just laid there and I could feel like her body relax and her breathing Aww. change, you know, and she's nestled in my arm and my arms around her. And she fell asleep there. And it had been a while since I had held her or laid with her till she went to sleep. And it was just like man, you always wonder as a parent, like, is this the last time I get to do this? Is this the last time? I was time just thinking that, you know? Yes. And so for me, it was like, okay, well, this may be the last time, but the last time wasn't like, I got to do it again. Oh, so yeah, I'm good. <laughs> it was pretty great. Oh,
0: moment. you're such a good dad. Yeah. How cute. I love yeah, it. Thanks. All right. Okay, everyone. Thank thanks you for everybody. listening. Hopefully this month's topic has been helpful and maybe go unfollow some of those icky accounts that are making you feel like shit.
1: Unfollow the ick. Yeah. All right. And
0: um, we'll catch you next time.
1: Thanks, everybody.